0: Welcome to another episode of The Wrap-Up, a.k.a. Orin and Aiden haven't talked in a while, a.k.a. The Raptors Emergency Podcast, a.k.a. We're bored. Um, I'm Orin, and I'm with Aiden and we, we really haven't talked about the Raptors together in quite a while. Our schedules have not uh, mixed too well. You've been in an undisclosed location that you can't tell people where there's lots of sun that you just got back from so yeah um how's it going and also good and also where do you want to start with this team because the raptors stink right now they just (laughs) lost back-to-back games in orlando and we want to talk about it but i'm gonna let you choose like i guess where do you want to start as in what's the biggest issue that we should start off talking about? i just want to say the
1: one first of all it's nice to see you again I, this is nostalgic for me, like those dead days in the summer where we just go on here and yeah. we on. It's really nice. I think
0: we had a better mood then, though, coming into the For evening. sure. I was
1: much more optimistic than I am now. But, yeah, although I'm not that un- yeah, I'm we'll get it. Right? Okay, But I, I want to say the one downside of this hobby job, whatever you want to call it, is having to rewatch a game that you already know the score in, that you already know they're going to get their asses kicked, that you already know is against the worst team in the league. Like it, it literally just couldn't have been the worst hour and a half of my life just knowing what's happening and watching it slowly devolve before my eyes like yeah. It's a form of torture as somebody who loves the
0: uncertainty of 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 sports just generally. I usually watch them live, but I watch Fridays I missed, so I rewatch Friday on Sunday. So I basically watched them back to back the Friday's Oof. game and then the live Sunday game. And let me tell you, that was torture. Cause the Sunday game was, it was the longest two and a half hours of my life. Like it really was. Um, so yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. So, so I guess to say is that
1: we're, we've come together because it, it, there has been like a spike, I would say in mostly Twitter, but I would, but other media outlets about, the panic over the Toronto Raptors, right? Like we we've got thumped twice in New Orleans and Brooklyn, or against New Orleans and Brooklyn. Lakers, whatever. And then Orlando is just kind of pathetic. So it's like there's a lot of turmoil amongst Raptor fans, right? So this is our quote unquote emergency pod to discuss that and maybe express our own, you know, turmoil or not. I'm on the side of i'm not all that worried from like a structural point of view i still believe in the this team structure to for the most part i believe in this team's direction wholeheartedly um and i'm very optimistic about certain parts of this team og and pascal being the 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 two uh most of of most recently or of this season that being said there is something stinky about this team and it's if you look at it statistically so I went back in the last two weeks the Raptors um, are a minus 1.8 in point differential per 100 possessions the majority of their other stats other than three-point shooting um, both defensively and offensively, other than those two things, their stats have been more or less pretty good. Like there's nothing, when I flick around on cleaning the glass, you go up and down, uh, you know, you you press it to see the bottom people, you press it to see the top, and then neither am I seeing Toronto. You know, so there's nothing glaringly horrid, statistically speaking, about Toronto other than the shooting, which I think is really what this has mostly been all about. They yeah, appreciate- their,
0: their point differential is 13th in the league, which just shows that they're probably not as bad as what we've been seeing recently.
1: Right. It's it's somewhat misleading. And, you know, point differential varies because if you kick, kick the butts of a few teams, it kind of boosts your point differential a little bit. But, I mean, it really comes down to the fact that they're 27th in the league in three-point shooting. Wow. Um, offensively, in the last... Last couple of weeks, and then defensively, um, they are not as bad as I thought. They're actually eighth, but I, you know, I think like some of this could just be variants to me. What's really disconcerting though is the malaise of the team, the general, yeah, of the team. I think that is the only thing that I would be concerned is, you know, if I'm going to the dentist and I'm looking at the teeth of the Toronto Raptors, I'm a little bit worried about a root canal for the, like the tood of this team, you know, because they don't necessarily have an emotional leader. And we've talked about this before. They have, they have like a go-to guy leader in Pascal. They have a voice that everybody looks to in Freddie but I wouldn't say that they have an emotional leader. And, you know, Boston, for better or for worse, had that in Marcus Smart. And it, he mo- he might have snapped that team out of their malaise to some degree by just being the unfiltered, loud voice in the locker room that says this is unacceptable. And I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But it feels like... Um, there isn't somebody in that locker room emotionally rallying these guys and lighting the fire under their ass. And I feel like we have seen that over the past two weeks.
0: Yeah. Okay. You said a lot there. I know. Sorry. I, th- I, just, th- I think you said this, first I was like, are we going three point shooting? Then I was like, Oh, we're going off court issues. Okay. But I'm glad you said all that. I'll, I'll quickly hit on the three point shooting just because I was looking at cleaning glass today too. And it's hilarious. <laughs> Everyone is in the blue. Other than Malachi, playing the one guy not playing any minutes, even at like, yeah, like last, last game, he was the only guy on the roster to not play minutes who was healthy. Uh, So it's just funny, like everyone is in the blue. This is uncharacteristic. This is going to bounce back. They have, they're creating a lot of open shots, a lot of open catch and shoot looks like this is just going to catch bounce back. Whether or not it happens soon enough in the season, we'll see. And conversely,
1: uh, at the beginning of the season, they were at the other end, too, where they were hot. So, you know.
0: Yeah, so to an extent, this is going to bounce back. Um, I think they've created pretty good looks this season, as long as Siakam's been on the court or or even healthy. And I'm pretty confident in their ability to bounce back in that regard. But let's talk about the the off-court stuff, because I think, like, I'm right with you. Like, when you said you're confident in the, the structure of the team and where this team is going. I agree to an extent. Like, I, I do like Vision 6-9, and I think there's a lot of smarts to it. And I think the defensive style they play has some real utility at times. Maybe not all the time, but at times, and that's another discussion. But in terms of the structure of the team, I just, like you said, something's off about this mix to me. And I wouldn't go so far to say they don't have an emotional leader. I think Fred is that. I think guys listen to him and and he really has taken that role. But, But to me, something like somewhere in the chain of command, somewhere along the chain of messages, the message is being lost. And we like Kyle Lowry was the guy who basically the Raptors came known as this team that played harder than their opponents every night. And like, if they weren't going to do anything well, they were definitely going to play harder and out hustle and out fight and all that stuff. And it was because Kyle set a tone and whether like, I think Fred is the emotional leader. And I think he tries to set a tone, him and Pascal and the way they play, but you can only set a tone if, the tone is being bought by the other. Like if the other players buy it and and follow it, I should say you can only set a tone if it's followed. And I don't think the tone is being followed. I think there's like two groups of players. One is mature, emotionally like advanced and has these reps. And like Chris Boucher is a great example of a guy who used to be in the, in the other tier, but is now like this mature player who every night is as consistent as it gets. But then there's this other group of young guys, Gary, Scotty, like Fred is in his own group this year. Cause he stunk, but I think he's played really hard. So it's like in a weird kind of group, but there's like Gary, Scotty and Delano and Malachi and, and all these guys who just don't bring a consistent effort and like energy and consistency um, or focus, I should say. So I think that's kind of where they're at is like, they have, they're trying to kind of play on two timelines um, but that only works if both timelines are on the same page in terms of like winning and in terms of like professionalism. And I actually think that's like what's hurt this team the most this year is like a lack of professionalism across the board. Yeah, I don't think so. I do
1: agree with you, Freddie being the emotional leader, but he's not expressively that, you know, I, I, I don't think, and I, and sometimes yeah, that's you, true. you just need that loud, barky, uh, you know, course correction in the middle of a game or in a locker room. And again, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So I, I,
0: I can only like make some, well, guess you, you brought up Marcus smart. And like, one thing we do know is like, like uh, Fred does not, at least in the media, he'll never like call stuff like that out. But like, yeah. I remember Marcus smart a year ago. is just like, they need to pass the ball more. Like yeah. the Jays need to start moving the ball. And like that started changing stuff. Say what you will. So I think that is an example that you can just say definitively, the Raptors don't have that, whether that's the only way to do it or not is its own discussion.
1: Yeah. And the other thing and passing the ball is something I want to get back to, but the other thing about the energy is that it's not like um, they hate each other or they hate the coat. Like it's not, it's something like explicit, you know, it's just that, like you said, the lack of effort somehow seems to reflect something. And it might just be that they're dejected, you know, that like there's just general frustration and it feels like they're hitting their heads on a wall with the same thing over and over again. That's kind of the feeling I get. Like when there's, especially against Orlando, when there's these multitude of defensive breakdowns, right? Like Wagner's getting wide, both Wagner's are getting wide open threes. Um and you know they're looking at each other kind of in frustration or confusion it seems like the energy is kind of like like again like oh god like what's going on you know yeah and And i think that's
0: compounded by like their failure to score on the other end right right and you're not yeah
1: and anybody who's hooped knows that like it's so much easier to play defense when you when you score like it's just like you're and and you know, that's one difference between a professional player and a less professional player is that you don't need to score to play good defense, a la P.J. Tucker. But so I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is that I don't think, you know, I don't think nurses lost the locker room or anything like that. It just seems like, like to your point, it might just be it's the young guys, but there's a lot of this going on after yeah. possession. It's not like, oh, we screwed up turn around, get back and um, go down the floor there, you know, it's borderline finger pointing. And, and to me, that's what's like disconcerting.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't think you're right. Like I don't think nurses lost the locker room and I'm also with you. Like I'm not panicked in terms of like, I think they could totally still turn this season around and be really good. The rest of the way I wouldn't, it would not shock me at all if they won like 48 games or whatever this season. But Um, I'll say I asked like Thad Young about this kind of like, cause I, I felt the same way in terms of like, they're not playing with the same enthusiasm for each other and stuff. And like, I was just like, yeah, like you played the Celtics and every time the Celtics like do anything, their bench is going crazy. And I was like, it's a really stark difference. And he was like, yeah, we're not like the loudest, but we're still talking to each other on the side and we're still helping each other off off the ground and all that stuff. Um, so I think I, I'm not too concerned about that, but I think what I'm concerned about and like you hit around it, is like role definition and like buying into roles. That's what I think this team has not gotten. And this is where I kind of blame the coaching staff a little bit where at least like we were talking a lot about continuity in the off season, building on court chemistry in the off season. I think part of that should have been, role definition in the offseason like why not you're playing together figure out who's gonna be doing what on the court and where we're a third into the season and it feels like nobody has any idea who's the number two option on this team like you know what I mean like if Pascal's off the court who do we give the ball to when things aren't going great right now right right now it's gary takes a turn then then Fred takes a turn, then Scotty takes a yeah. turn, then oh, oh yeah, oh on our team. We should probably find him because he's not really that aggressive, yet he's the he's the best points per possession guy on the team this year. Like, it, yeah, role definition is a huge issue for me. It's just like maybe there is some definition, but maybe like there there isn't buy-in. Like again, Chris Boucher is to me like the only guy who is like bought in to having like this reduced role. And like he 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 does it to like an exemplary degree every night, um, Gary. Yeah. It seems to me like he's coming along, dude. I think Gary's. Gary,
1: when you mentioned his like uh, energy, I disagree. in the,
0: the most recently, like he, yes. Alvin in he the last two he has weeks, really like locked in. In the last two weeks, yes, he has, but it, it hasn't been consistently this season. Um, but I think he's found a role off the bench for sure. I still think Fred and Scotty don't really have clear roles Um, or at least they're not, they're not happy in their roles. Like Fred started the year playing off ball almost always. And now the ball's back in his hand, even though everyone's healthy and Scotty, he's the most guilty of like doing this or doing the like head down. And it's just like, Scotty, like what's wrong? Like to an extent, I get it. He has a lower usage rating than he did in his rookie of the years. Like that's rare for a rookie of the year to go down in usage. Uh, that's what the Raptors have asked of him though. And, the, and it's like, it seems like no one's happy in their role.
1: Yeah, I, a hundred percent. It does feel like nurse has been, you know, decided it's almost like he's given free, you know, he's just like put all the stallions in one corral and said, okay, you guys go figure out the pecking order. Um, And I think that can be, you know, organically good for a team to kind of figure out who has the chops. But, you know, when when multiple guys are struggling, which is Scotty, Gary and Freddie all at once, and they're all trying to get theirs, it can look pretty ugly. And really, this team, I haven't written about it yet and I haven't dived into the data yet, but I really feel like there's going to be something... Uh, very evident about assist percentage and wins because when this team is moving the ball really swiftly and, and thoughtfully they look awesome. And then yeah. there's all of these possessions where Freddie's doing use in and out of the floor and around and loop de loops. And Scotty's like, give me the ball like way above the break. And is like going one-on-one and does a pull-up jumper. or Gary, same thing. Alvin, Alvin gave him shit the other or. Uh, The last game for doing like a pull up with uh, Schofield right right in his grill right like
0: the the contrast he got fouled right he was like he got fouled but that was not a good shot yeah Yeah. love (laughs) Al
1: barely getting frustrated and and so to me the the contrast is just so glaring and I don't know if that's like you know contempt for one another or frustration or you know it doesn't make sense to me why it ebbs in and out. But that's why I'm hopeful for this team because there's so many guys on this team that when they pass freely, uh, it makes this team extremely dangerous, even when they're not shooting well.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you mentioned the splits with the assist percentage. One thing I can tell you is the splits with Fred playing well or not playing well are drastic. Like wins and losses. This is Fred's stats right now wins he's shooting 39 losses he's shooting 31.9 percent wins from three he's shooting almost overall co- overall wins oh, he's shooting God. 40 he's shooting 40 from three losses he's shooting 25 from three 21 points in wins 12 points in losses like it just goes on and on uh um, yeah plus minus 18.9 plus 18.9 in wins and a minus 11 14.8 in losses i really can't talk it's late in the in the uh eastern time zone, but but yeah, like this. I mean, let's talk about let's go on the court a little bit more because we've addressed kind of as much as we can say about just the vibes and the feels of this team. But like to me, if Fred and Scott, Scotty Barnes were playing as well as they did last season, um. There's no reason why this team shouldn't be like a 50-win team, given how OG is playing, given how Siakam's playing, given even how guys like Coloco and Thad and Wancho and, and Boucher have kind of chipped in. Um, what what's I don't know if you want to start on Fred or Scott, but, like, yeah, who do you want to talk about first?
1: Well, I,
0: you just mentioned Freddie up all.
1: It worked splendidly. I don't know what his yeah. usage has been since past before Pascal's injury to after um, something doesn't look right with Freddie. Yeah. It's just like, like athletically, it, it might even be fitness. Like I, I don't know, even in his shot, I, I, I'm not going to do this, but I really wanted to look at his shots from last year compared to this year. Cause he almost looks like he's like heaving it a little bit more or something. Something just doesn't seem right. Um, but that's neither here nor there in the sense that like like you were talking about role definition. I think when Pascal was just coming out of the gates hot beginning of the year, it was evident he was number one. And Freddie was kind of making a living just being, you know, his usage was was down more. His assists were up more. Like I thought that was the perfect role for him. And Scotty's Scotty struggled for most of the year. But when he's aggressive – When he doesn't settle for these jumpers, and I wrote about this two weeks ago, like, I don't care that he's doing more isolation, good for him. His handles are clearly much better, good for him. His shot form is better, good for him. But going away from, you know, he took a shot from the elbow against Orlando. I'm like, I feel like I haven't seen him take that shot in so long. And that used to be one of his go tos last year. Um, The game against, the first game against Orlando, or maybe, or, or I can't remember now, but there was an aggressive Scotty where he was just walking his dude down to the post and going right over top of him. It's like, hello, you know, I, to me, Scotty's bucket getting can be so simple and he makes it much harder because he's interested in experimentation, exploration. And I fully support that. And that's where development and growth comes. But he, between him and Freddie just kind of, you know, yo-yoing with usage and aggression and and whatnot it's like it's just made for a lot of ugly possessions
0: yeah yeah and, and i do feel like they do have like fundamentally different problems which you hit on like and and samson was talking about this in his mailbag podcast which people should go listen to on the raptors republic feed is like with fred it's a physical thing it looks like it like he doesn't have the same burst to get past his man on the ball, he doesn't have the same lateral movement to stay in front of guys that yeah, we're used to seeing from Fred. Worse too, uh, and the shot too is a problem. And and that, I mean, Nick said that it's not straight as it used to be. Like these all hint at physical things to me, where it's like, yeah, like it could be a fitness thing where he maybe is in fully in shape. It could be an injury thing. I don't know, but he's just not the same. Player, whereas Scotty, like we see these bursts, like he is the same player. He's just kind of taking different shots than we're used to seeing. I think it's a lot of things. I think to some extent, Scotty fell in love with the the shot because yeah. it has improved, and so like he's taking it a lot more than he probably should. I don't mind him taking threes. Like I'm, there's the long twos that definitely bother me. once well, it's, it's the five um,
1: seconds into the possession that both he and Freddie are guilty of doing that just are so frustrating those are the ones
0: yeah um but yeah with scotty that's why i went at the beginning and said there's kind of two groups and one group is kind of professional and ready to win and one is a little immature i think scotty like with his approach really on both sides of the ball the defense we can talk about after but like offensively, it's kind of just immature. And like, I was just watching Giannis play uh, the Warriors. (laughs) And I don't know, he got to the line like 25 times, but it's like Giannis is the perfect example of a guy who is like unashamedly going, driving to the basket um, and just like being the aggressor and initiating contact and all that stuff. And I'm not saying like Scotty has the same handle or athleticism as Giannis does, but it's just a mentality thing more than anything. 100%. There's there's Ben Simmons who's afraid to do that and who's afraid to go to the free throw line. And then there's Giannis and Scotty needs to air away from the Ben Simmons towards the Giannis in that department of just like being aggressive and, and, and dominating the paint and all that stuff that we've seen him do in spurts. But to be frank, isn't the most fun stuff to do like Basketball players, you know, these young, hip guys who have money and fame, they want to take shots. They want to they don't want like Giannis is like the dad of basketball. He's not like cool. Yeah, he's an extreme example of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Barnes needs to be a little less cool in what he does and a little more just like forceful. He used to be that
1: guy, though, right? Like, he used to be the gritty – I mean, that's what I think I loved about him is he was coming – he was blossoming into this all-star rookie of the year and at the same time being this gritty, like, asshole, essentially. Yeah,
0: I feel like he appealed to the new school and the old school for those reasons. Yeah, And he's totally –
1: that grittiness – and I I disagree with you in that we don't know that it's not physical with Scotty either. Because he yeah. his his movement looks kind of off as well, um, and you know the, I've never seen somebody roll an ankle so many times and yet be totally able to play like that. Yeah. I'm not that there's no there's no commentary in Scotty whatsoever. I'm sure it hurts his shit. I I'm just shocked that it's neither structural damage nor fine you know what i mean like it just keeps happening over and over and over again and usually like so that's weird to me and then there's also this knee thing and whoever who knows what else so i think that could be some of this but i think you're right that you know and it's funny there was this whole twitter storm thing about can we or can we not criticize scotty's like on-court attitude or you know uh e- expressions right like do we have to give him the benefit of the doubt and not read into it and stand, stand by, or do we have to like read overly read into this and say like, this is not good. Um, And I know Grange just wrote about something about Masai sitting Scotty down and talking to him, whatever, like none of this is systemic or like profoundly wrong, but I, it, to me, it, there is a contrast of the energy and intensity that Scotty once put into the game versus now, whether yeah. it's frustration, disinterest, prima donna, injury, I don't know what the answer is. It could be all of the above, but there's something going on. And it's it's hurting this team quite significantly.
0: Yeah. And I use the word maturity because like to me it's not like the end of the world long term. No. Like Sagati, I think, is gonna be fine long term. There's nothing that's kind of happened this season skill wise that's made me feel any lower about his ceiling. But it just seems to me like he's the second year player who has a year under his belt, doesn't have as much to prove as he did in that rookie of the year season where he wanted to win that award and and doesn't have the same fire under him or, or for whatever reason. So I think he's going to find that maturity and that professionalism. It's just a matter of kind of when um, because, yeah, like the defensive end of the floor is its own problem where he really has pr- a, trouble locking in on that scheme over the course of a full game. And he'll have really nice moments. I thought last game was a good improvement for him. Yeah. Um, but then he'll he'll have these moments where he loses his guy just too often. Okay. Um, but are we
1: sure he's put in the best spot defensively? I swear to God, at the beginning of the year, he was in the middle of the defense at the back line. He was a center. He was playing center position when they had Gary starting in the like the old lineup mm. and. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the season thus far, he's guarding point of attack superstars. like He's guarding Luka Doncic. I don't know if that's planned because of pick and rolls and they can switch more easily. I don't know what that was. But over and over again, they had him way overextended. It's like, why can't we hide Scotty or not hide him, but put him in places where he can excel, which is he's a brainiac. Let him be the team defender let him like wander and be on the help side and read plays. And, and he did that in the Orlando game last night. He had an interception and, you know, kind of ran the floor. Like, I don't know why
0: we're not doing
1: that with him instead of putting him in these more precarious situations.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, they've moved a little away from it, I think, recently. Yeah, they because, have. Like putting him on all handlers. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, that, That's also why this season is so hard for me to judge because it's like, is this a developmental year? Like, or, or do, like, where is the coaching stuff at? But, anyways, that's, that's a bigger discussion we can get back to. I want to talk about this question. Like, just to you, what, what are you more concerned about right now? The defense or the offense? Uh, the defense is like, it's actually not that bad when you look at the numbers. It's the offense not. Is, it's ranked 14th. The defense is ranked 10th. However, the half court offense is ranked dead last at 30th. And the defense, if you look at effective field goal percentage, which is just a part of defense, but how efficiently they're shooting when they do shoot, um, fifty-five point eight percent, that's twenty-seventh in the league. Am I sharing my screen? No, sorry, I was I meant to. So yeah, what's what's kind of more concerning to you kind of in the long term this season? What's kind of crazy
1: is in since
0: well this entire
1: year, but I I wanted to look at um there the last two weeks but um the, their half court so their half court defense right now is not that bad it's 16th in this little like in the last two weeks so i think i think that's eight games maybe um so it's, it's pretty good you know yeah. it's actually been the transition defense that's been horrible um hmm. they uh let's see here they're 25th in points per possession allowed in transition. So that's in the last two weeks in the last two weeks. So that's indicative of what, you know, kind of what we're talking about, not hustling, not getting back. And, you know, like the question of, am I more concerned about the defense or offense? The thing is, is that you're basically asking me, am I concerned about the strategy of the Toronto Raptors? Because they know on offense, they're not going to be, you know, hard to trot. They're resting their laurels and their success on the defensive end, you know, increasing the possessions through turnovers and offensive rebounding, getting out in transition, forcing the teams into awkward shots, blah, blah, blah. Like this team is about thriving on the defensive end and hoping that they can maintain a status quo on the offensive end. Um, Mm. And so the defense has been crud and you have to ask yourself is like, is this a worthwhile venture? Is this a long-term strategy? Um, and we've seen in the playoffs and in in serious games, high competitive games, it hasn't worked, you know? Um, so I think I'm more concerned about the defense. And really recently, like, you watch some of the, like, there's been so many misplays. Like, nobody's closing out. Two guys are closing out. Four guys are closing in on a driver, which I think is part of the scheme, but like, it makes no sense when you, to have four guys stepping into the paint on a, on a penetrator when, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So like something's not right, either the scheme's not working or somebody in the uh, groups that are being deployed is not, not pro- um, fulfilling the role properly. I'm not really sure. I think Klokos really struggled lately too. But it's definitely the defense that I'm most concerned about at this point. They, they're they not the gritty, mean Chicago Bears 1980s like defensive tent, uh, group that I was looking forward to.
0: Chicago Bears? I don't know. I think they were like, weren't they like mean mugging dudes back in the I, day? No, I, that reference went way over my head. Mike Ditka yeah.
1: uh, something, something, something. I'm also, also no precious you are,
0: which is which is yeah. we should mention for sure yeah but i'm in agreement with you for sure is is the defense like even when you look at the guys they've played it's aired towards defensive guys delano over malachi for example and so you would think that like their defense would be really good um it hasn't and like yeah considering the size they play they should have a good defense and it's been very middle of the pack um So that's, and also on offense, like, honestly, I think they've created better looks this year than they did last year. For sure. Just like eye test, like Pascal has been so good, such a good passer this year uh, that that I'm not as worried about the offense. Like, I honestly think this could be a decent offense. And especially if you add a little bit of talent, but um, defensively, the most concerning thing, like this is the real reason I wanted to have cleaning the glass up here is like, They have this whole strategy where even now, like they're starting Coloco. So like really everything they're doing is in order to take the rim away. Like, like that's why they pinch so many guys into the paint is because they want to stop the penetration. They want to collectively protect the rim. And yet opponents are getting the rim on 35.7% of possessions. That's 24th in the league. And like a Nick Nurse team has never been anywhere near that bad. And accuracy-wise, they're hitting 69%, which is third last in the league. And again, like, even last year, and even in the Tampa year, they were better than that. (laughs) So it's like, the rim protection has completely gone out the window. And I think a lot of that is because of the breakdowns you've talked about, where guys are just getting layups, like, if they are getting to the rim. Uncontested layups way too often. And I think there are Yeah, it's definitely both. Like the personnel wise, you just can't have more than one like weak defender in this system on the floor at a time. And the way Fred's playing, he's become kind of a weak defender in in some scenarios, at least in terms of ball containment. Scotty is definitely a weak defender. Gary at times is a weak defender. And so it's just like Coloco, outside of like protecting the rim, he's a weak defender. So, um, yeah, there's just too many mistakes, and that that it, it's also on the scheme because, as brilliant as the scheme might be in Nick Nurse's head, if they cannot execute it consistently, it doesn't matter. And it's like you have all this summer, you have all this continuity bringing the whole team back, and it's like they still can't execute your scheme. man. what are you gonna do about it?
1: Yeah, and it it felt like you know we talked about you know more time to gel, more time to figure it out. I'm sure they thought, you know, this year they're going to figure it out. Like everybody's going to be in sync and you would see it, you know, in the Philly series and stuff at times they were in sync, they were locked in and it worked. But I, at some point you got to ask like, how long are you going to push this strategy along, you know? And, and is it even sustainable? I think that's the other question. Like I think part of the frustration is, I not, is not, for those of you not watching, Warren is now walking out of the room. So I'm now talking to myself, which is fine. I can do that all I need to. But to me, oh, it's getting this charger. Okay, no foresight. That's all right. But to me, I think Zero. the frustration when they're expressing it to one another is not actually at each other but they're expressing their frustration with the coach and the mm-hmm. strategy through frustration with one another. Right. Like,
0: I think it's I, both, but yeah, I, I guess it's probably
1: right. both. But I think that's part of it is that there, there's some exasperation going on here and they know that, I mean, expressing anger and contempt to your teammate in the middle of a game is very counterproductive, both in your relationship with the player and how you're perceived by the coaching staff, right? Like, it's not a good look. And so I think part of it is that they want to, they want it to be seen that they're frustrated. And and it could be that it's just because they don't feel like this scheme is working. And it's exhausting them. And it's frustrating them. And if they can't contain Bull Bull, how the hell are they supposed to contain, you know, Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant? Bull Bull's um, nice, though.
0: Bull Bull's don't real nice, them. dude. Uh, um But to that point, like I keep seeing on Twitter, this is my only Twitter rant for today because I know it's not a real place. But like the idea every time the Raptors are winning, people are like, oh, my God, Nick Nurse's scheme is so dumb. They can't execute it. It's they need to change it. And Then every sorry, sorry, every that's every time they lose it, and then every lose. time they win. Oh, Nick's a genius. This scheme really gets the most out of these athletic, rangy guys. Oh, they're 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 so far ahead of the, the NBA pack. It's like I think both are true. Like, this is a good scheme at times. This is a very good thing to have in your back pocket, and hence why I think like Vision 6.9 is smart and, and has a lot of utility and I, and we've seen this year there are matchups like cleveland i think is a good example but yeah. like, just cannot handle this at mm-hmm. all like even that san antonio game it was just like what is this, atlanta. Like, this is too much size i can't yeah trey young in atlanta yeah um but this is like maybe we're not ready to get there but i mean we're 40 minutes in this is like why i made the argument for a center and, and I, I know you saw that it's like Get a real center in here so these guys don't have to play this scheme for 48 minutes, but they can play it at times. They can close the game with Gary and go small and play it. Um, They can play it in these stretches, but the base scheme, it seems to me like whatever, if you want to call it the base or not, like this scheme can no longer be the number one option. And then people might hear this and say like, well, Coloco, he's playing drop at times. That's true, but they're saving Coloco every time he plays drop. Like, Pascal is, like, the dad to to clean up all these mistakes. And it's like, he's a rookie. Like, if you want to play drop, like you're doing with Coloco, do it with, like, a real veteran center who can actually keep the other guys in their roles where they're not all of a sudden pinching in and helping Coloco. And you actually can play a real drop, and then you go to those other schemes at other times. But, yeah, that's why... That's why I said a center and because and, like the rim protection numbers are so scary. And it just feels like if you plug that hole, I feel like everyone would be happier too. just like what you were saying about the mistakes. Like everyone would be happier if you just had a, a, a veteran center who knew what they were doing back there.
1: Yeah. And I and we saw that actually last year with a healthy Ken Birch. And I think we're going to see more of him moving forward just because Cloco has really... my
0: questions. Who should start? Well, Keloğlu like has been really
1: I I was down for the Colloquial experiment, but he's really been struggling lately. And his foul rate is atrocious, right? He's it's crazy. He's 6% for bigs uh foul rate, which is uh actually Kem Birch is worse, but um What? Yeah. Kem Birch is a worse foul rate right now, but he hasn't really played much and he's been injured blah blah blah. So yeah. I think Kem in the short term, Kim gives you what you're talking about, which is a little bit of more like stability and a back end that you can kind of work with and blah, blah, blah. And I think you're right. Like I, I, I have been anti big acquisition this whole, whole time and, and continued to be right up until this spurt of games where like, yeah, I'm just realizing that things are harder to accomplish um, than they need to be. And Um, you know when like even when like you're saying when things go well it's still exhausting for these guys right like nothing's coming easy and I'm not saying that it should necessarily but there lacks a diversity of defensive deployments you can't throw the same thing at every single team like you're saying and we saw that very clearly with New Orleans Um, and so yeah it makes sense to get somebody in the back line who can just be the physical presence that you need. Smart physical presence that you need. Um, I had something else to say with that, but I lost it. But yeah, I I, uh,
0: I agree with you. And I'm slowly coming around to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially because it's like offensively. I trust that Pascal, Pascal hasn't been as good as he was when he before the injury. So I trust that Pascal is going to get back there. And I trust that these guys shooting is going to get a, come along. And therefore I trust that an offense of respectable numbers is coming back to this team. Like it's not going to be a top five offense, but I think they, there's a respectable offense here. I actually don't think there's like a great defense here, just in the sense of like the only way to get it would be to play Fred and, and Pascal 40 minutes a night. And like, hacks their bodies by playing this crazy scheme that's the only real way this team can play defense right now and so to me that's just not realistic it's not sustainable so that's you, have, what, yeah. you do have to remember like i
1: mean so in the last two weeks they're three and five they're
0: 11th in points per possession on defense like it hasn't really they force so many turnovers though in the half court i bet they're they're way worse
1: Well, so their turnover percentage is 16.6%. No, we – and let's see. Uh, Defense transition. Points allowed. Yeah, they're – in transition, they're 25th. We talked about this. They're 25th in points per position. And their half courts actually not that bad. I mean, again, it's skewed because it's Orlando twice. It's the Lakers. Um, Yeah. But their defense has been working. But, I mean, then you it begs the question, like, are they exhausted on the offensive but end? But that's the
0: thing. It's been working in spurts. It hasn't been working yeah. at, at all consistently. Yeah. And especially when the margin of error on the offensive end is
1: so thin. Um,
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah. do you have any other, or should we get to the final question? Let's do it. All right. Oren
0: Weisfeld, do you blow it up, do you go all in, or do you tinker tailor? um you definitely don't blow it up because you have Pascal on your team and you're too talented to tank so I'm somewhere between Tinker Taylor and go all in like I'm definitely for going all in I have been for a while I've been on the KD train I, I was you know somewhere on the Donovan Mitchell train we had a long talk about it but we were both thinking about it I was I was close to it for sure um which is a big what if right now but that's another conversation <laughs> Um, yeah, like a go all in is I'm not like they definitely shouldn't make a panic trade to like get any star that's available or anything, but the right type of superstar for sure. I think they should they should go for it. But like this trade line this year, they at least need a tinker tanker and like they need tinker to start tanker. bringing talent into this team, Um, if nothing else but to like keep Pascal happy because he's up for an he's up for a contract extension soon and like he's the priority he becomes the guy you need to resign so you gotta start at like they're the only team we were just talking about this me and uh i think it was will was saying this like they're the only team with like a top 15 player in the league you could argue top 10 whatever that has all their future picks and like hasn't started building around that top 15 player in like a a way where it's like you're shelling out your future for your present. So, like, they need to start that process, whether it's bringing in a, a kind of a starting caliber center, shooting, obviously, like a backup point guard, obviously. Um, whatever, like, certain deals are going to be on the table, certain deals aren't, but they they need to start the process of adding talent, just like Boston did around the, the Jays. Like, those guys were struggling. They still brought in Derek White. And they, they really they waited a, they waited a long time. Oh yeah, I think they should wait until the deadline. This team needs to figure their shit out. Oh, sorry, <laughs> on their own. But like, but but regardless, the deadline they still need to th- be buyers. Like, unless it's too far gone, but I don't think. It yeah, might I mean be that's good. kind of the question. I don't know. It 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 is interesting. I would pay a lot of money
1: to oh. shrink into a microscopic Aiden and crawl into the ear of Messiah jury and hear his thoughts on a day, day-to-day basis, because I would be yeah. curious what he's thinking. Um, You know, he is, he is known to pull the trigger when he has to, and he's known to, to sit on his hands for long periods of time until the abaka and PJ Tucker trades finally happened after years, you know? Mm-hmm. So he will, I mean, you know, in some respects, that's one of the greatest attributes of a GM is knowing the exact moment to pull the trigger. Um, and I think it's, we all know that that's not, it's not it right now, you know, like. Well,
0: yeah, but I think the front office deserves some blame in terms of like, it feels to me like they've struck out a few times here and now they're putting themselves in a bit of a position where. You need to start making moves rather than out of like a place of comfort. It's in a place of. Yeah, necessity. they've gotten cute. They've we've heard about, cute. we've heard a lot about Pirtle rumors in the past. We've heard about Brogdon having an offer on the table for a backup point guard. Brogdon didn't want to come. We've heard Andrew Nemhard. They liked him at the draft. He goes two picks ahead of them. We've heard a lot of stuff about them trying to improve these positions and striking out. Um, and I'm not saying they should have like went overboard and just paid anything to get them, but I'm saying like they have put themselves in a position where it's no longer very comfortable. Like they need to start adding talent.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think they, you know, I think they were biding their time a little bit on yeah. Flynn. You know, I think they 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 wanted to see if year was this year three. year year three that they I think they wanted to see if he could grow and I mean yeah I mean I don't think we're going to talk about this now but like also nurse and his minutes and his bench like we're seeing you know there I saw Samson and Amit talking on Twitter about Utah and O'Shea Brissett and how they could have been Raptors and I you know you know Samson had some good points about you know it's time and place blah 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 but Utah did not get a fair shake in town you just and did I not said
0: on our pod for sure they should keep Utah,
1: yeah. And they, I they was just, always in favor of that, they never gave him a fair shake, they did not let him ride it out. And yeah, and I think you know, Nurse has some to blame here on like not really allowing development. It's ironic because he gives Precious and Scotty all of this time and space to like grow and develop and make screw-ups even coloco to some degree and then there's other guys who just like like banton looked fine against orlando the other night and he just like doesn't play again you know yeah so uh N- nurse has some to blame here on sure. uh, on his you know greed with minutes
0: that's definitely his worst quality as a coach is like like dwayne casey say what you will about him but like he played a bench mob of like five yeah. guys who played like twenty minutes a night, and like Nick would never do that. Um, no. Nick rides his best players, and that's just like fundamentally how he believes. And then sprinkles the guys played. in
1: at random moments, at random times. And if you're yeah. if you're Wancho and Thad, it's like a
0: little bit easier to do, although it's still hard. But if you're young guys, it's really difficult and like oh. Malachi this year I think has done everything asked of him. He's come in the game, he's hit shots, he hasn't been bad defensively, he's moved on from the ball. Um and yet he just doesn't get opportunities. So yeah, I would I would feel a little bit confused. He's definitely another guy who's going go to go onto another team and have the type of success Utah is having. I'm not even like I don't even doubt that. Like not he's not I'm not saying he's going to be great, but he's a backup point guard. Like absolutely he'll find that role in in, in some team um yeah. probably won't be the raptors so that's okay that was good anything yeah. else no i feel I like guess we got it all out yeah i will say real quick since we're already here um manscaped do us a favor if you want to support the show go to manscaped.com use the code wrap up r-a-p-u-p and you get 20 percent off and free shipping even in canada in the United States, and yeah, it's it's the holiday season. Get yourself a present. Uh, get your get your boyfriend a present. Get your friend a present. Get your family. You know, it's great. Here's an idea. Great, great thing.
1: Order one thing per day for Hanukkah. Just each day, you get a little manscaped item, a little treat. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's a good product. I used. I used the. Did you? Would you use? Yeah, Go the on. lawnmower oh yeah and for my balls yeah it was great very easy to not hurt yourself or cut yourself for an idiot like me that's important Um, smooth yeah it's a good product anyways that's i've used the
1: buzzer i've used the buzzer on my scrotum before and nicked it and it's like it's not fun so
0: having a tool where i can avoid that i'm into yeah yeah you don't want to nick you don't want to nick because then you go in the shower or the bath and you really feel it. You know those ones, like. You don't want to nick it because then you gotta nurse it. Exactly. This segment was sponsored by <laughs> Nick Nurse, the <laughs> No, no, no. All right, all right. That's good. I think good place yeah. to leave it. I'm gonna go watch The Fablemans. Got Ooh. a little torrent downloaded.
1: Um, so we uh, we're back Wednesday tomorrow night. I won't be here, but. We are playing the Sacramento Kings, who I think they got whooped by Philly as we're filming this. If I'm yeah, they did, and,
0: and their starters rested, so they'll be well rested. Okay, but yeah, big game for the Raptors tomorrow. All, all right, right thanks to all our podcast listeners, thanks to all our YouTube listeners. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, all that good stuff, and um, we will we will see you on Wednesday night after the Raptors game. Um, we'll be back then. The up crew, well, all right.